Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid and you are listening to show 149. And today is going to be a content rich show. Uh, not our content, I hasten to add. Somebody else's entirely. <laughs> but uh, I will leave Graham to introduce our super special guest in a moment. But first of all, Rach, how are you doing? Hiya, yes, I'm here, have a cup of tea, and uh, it would seem a sleepy dog who's decided that she wants to now suddenly get under my desk. <laughs> the moment we've pressed record, of course, she's uh, decided that she has to do that. No, she's gone around the other way, so apologies okay. if you can hear the dog clattering around today, um, working her way through the uh, piles of stuff that are still not in my dark room where they're supposed to be. <laughs> I was quite impressed to so say, li- listeners won't all have heard about that or, or seen the photos, but you shared with us some photos. Um, <laughs> How did all of that stuff come out of that space? I have literally no idea. I've measured the room and it's about two metres by three metres. Yeah, on the outside, um, on the inside, it's way bigger than that, surely. Yeah, right. It's some sort of crazy Harry Potter-esque, uh, you know, where they have the, the tiniest tent. And then when they walk inside, it's basically like a marquee. Uh, um, like Mary Poppins bag. A bit like that, yeah. yeah. I, I have no idea. Even When I'm looking at it now... When all the stuff isn't in the room, it's in a different room, but just on the floor. <laughs> it seems to be a lot more than what you'd imagine would actually fit in there. <laughs> oh well, good good luck, good luck. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best uh, the best thing. Remember, uh, just... remember to uh, tie a piece of string to the door handle <laughs> before you go in there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yes. Good tip. Thanks very much, Aid. <laughs> That's all right. I'm on it. No worries. Uh, no worries. Right, over to the middle of the country. How is our Oxfordshire correspondent today? Uh, all is well in Oxfordshire, thank you, in the civilised part of the country. Um, yeah, all good. It's been a lovely sunny day, um, all of which I have spent lugging the remains of a large chunk of a piece of tree that fell down um, from one end of a quite a large garden to the other end of a quite a large oh. garden. So I am... <laughs> Uh, but still very happy to be here that's really heavy wood uh, i found out is really heavy um uh, in 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 the did you just say i found out wood was really heavy yes so so a tree in our garden fell down not not just this weekend in the in the winds this week but in the winds a few weeks ago and um even bits that have been sliced up with a chainsaw and you think yeah i can lift that Mm. (laughs) maybe i'm just not manly enough sorry have you not got a log fire or anything? Have you ever No, had we don't a have fire? a single chimney in our house at all. Ah, uh, no. right. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's amazing, actually, um, how uh, how a fallen tree and the thought of cheap firewood or free firewood really brings round the neighbours you've never met before. <laughs> it's like, can we help you <laughs> yeah. with the wood? No, it's fine, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. One good thing about this work today is that um, as I was moving this stuff around, because some of it had been kind of chucked, cut into logs this is a, a it's you know, a good third of a massive horse chestnut tree that had dropped blown out the top and um upon being cut up with some of the pieces the bark had separated from the logs so you've got this i think it's nearly an inch thick of bark and quite big pieces of it uh, and i'm looking at that thinking I bet I could do something with that. Um, I think especially given my current passion for you know, contact printing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, mm, who can I reach out to who might have some insight into this kind of uh, perhaps slightly insane idea? Uh, so I thought, I know, I'll drop Tina Row a line. Um, I said, Tina, I don't know if you've ever tried printing on wood, but have you got any thoughts? And she's like, 
yeah, I have. Send me some pictures and I'll give it give it some thought. So Tina's on the case. I'm going to see what we can do. Because I imagine it's probably going to need to be dried out and maybe do something. I don't know, but um, I'm excited to have a go at doing that. Sounds like a collaborative project in the making. Absolutely, absolutely. Does, yeah. can make beautiful art out of oyster shells. I'm sure she could do something cool with these bits of bark. So, okay. Well, I'll tell you what. So far, we're we're a few minutes into the recording, and we haven't even said hello to our guest yet. So. <laughs> Bless him. He's being so. He's seen sat there so quietly. There can only be one person really who is so polite to sit and quietly listen to. Um, well, mostly me. Uh, just waffle on with nonsense. And it is, of course, one of the key members of the extended Sunny 16 podcast team, Eric. Eric, welcome back to the show. Yay! Hey, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hey, thank you. I really enjoyed the tree story. I was enraptured. <laughs> it's a classic yarn. Oh, uh, wood is heavy. It is. Yeah, wood is heavy. It is. It is. Um. It is one of the the lesser known risks of podcasting. Actually, uh, is that sometimes. Uh, you just sort of fade out and forget that you're actually trying to make a podcast and you just think you're listening to one. (laughs) It can lull you into a false sense of security and then people have to wake you up. That's why we had to split the show in half Mm. uh, because I got into a habit for the second half of the show, just like sitting back and listening and falling asleep. (laughs) And then we'd ask you a question and you'd be like, oh, oh, what? Hello, what? (laughs) Because you were just thinking that you were listening to it rather than actually participating. Indeed, right? indeed, yeah. Mm. So, so just just uh, a word to the wise: those of uh, those of you out there who who may well be a future guest on the Sunny Sixteen podcast or or any other podcast, just watch out. Uh, it is easy to just forget you're actually on the show. <laughs> anyway, Eric, good to uh, good to hear your voice. Good to speak. It's been ages since you and I have spoken. Yeah, um, yeah, it has, it has, and um, you've sent you, you, you have um, graciously uh, provided all of that content I was referring to in the in my opening gambit. <laughs> you've oh, been a busy boy. I have, yeah. Tell Here us about. Tell us about it. Tell us about the uh, the, the zine. Yeah, yeah. Tell us yeah. about the zine. So yeah, so you you've sent us. I don't know if this is on um, public release yet. Uh, oh yeah it's been out uh, okay mm. so we, we we we've got uh yeah we've got uh is, is it a zine or is it i was a, gonna um, say can i make it, an uh, observation a magnum opus <laughs> <laughs> oh what yeah what, how Observe. many pages how many pages it's... would you say is a zine and how many pages is a book <laughs> oh well okay there is a weird difference between zines and books and okay. it's amorphous and opinion it's on uh, oh, whatever you you think it is really I don't think it has about a do to do with page content. Okay. Um, I think it's intent. Oh, so Whoa. sorry. Oh, <laughs> hello. There's the dog. Bye. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm so sorry, Eric. It's going really well so far. The first time we've met. <laughs> isn't it? Oh, I'm enjoying it. Oh God. Hang on. The dog's having it. Oh, right. I'm going to pause this. Hang on. Okay. Pause. so 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 what what exactly are you pausing rach sorry um uh, i think rach has paused yeah rach has paused was, okay the dog was calling in i guess i, uh, I see okay so where we we got to uh intent, i'm so sorry hi. Oh, hi you're back <laughs> i actually can't i'm really sorry i actually can't get to the plug where the 
the, the doorbell's plugged in because I've got my darkroom content in front of it. <laughs> I literally can't get to the wall where it is to unplug it. So I'm just hoping nobody else rings the bell whilst we record. I will put it on to mute. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Eric. So sorry, guys. We're all right, Rach. We're all right. It's okay. Should we try that again? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, I think we got about as far as intent. Did we, Eric? Okay. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. The difference between books and zines is whatever you want it to be. I feel that if you make a book, you sign it and number it. And if you make a zine, you don't. And that might be the difference. Also, zines look all punk rocky and books should be very, very proper and academic. Okay, fair fair enough. I I can go with that. So this is definitely a zine then. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So so this this yeah. Um. I I uh. I I have to confess it. I didn't realise this was out on on public release yet. I I had missed that one. Sorry about that. No. Um, I'm not great on the socials or anything like that. So um. Yeah. Sometimes I do miss these things. But uh. I've been digging into it uh before the show and there's some pretty awesome stuff in here as well as some good life hacks. I think yeah. yeah i'm I'm good at cutting corners yeah it describes a lot of ways actually uh just 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 for for listeners who haven't seen it one of the major sections or chapters or whatever it is in the zine is called traveling on the cheap your mediocre guide to just getting by <laughs> i like that i like that it's cool yeah yeah, I mean, yeah it, it's it's uh years of of experience of of uh just just traveling on the cheap yeah do you do you uh, my first question of which there will be many questions i have no doubt but um what do you find the most difficult to get hold of when it comes to traveling is it the finances to do it or is it the time to do it because i know which one it is for me even though i have bugger all money (laughs) i have even more bugger all time um well when where i work uh in the summer it's pretty dead because we do a lot of work like contract work with schools so when the schools are out in the summer, we've got a lot of time. And so I can take a month off and nobody really cares or misses me. So cool. I would That's say... It... So your cat misses you. <laughs> and I'm sure Sarah does too, but mostly your cat. <laughs> most, most, yeah, most of the cat. Um, which you can, she can hear. She has found a piece of mud on the floor and is attacking it right now. <laughs> We're doing really well with our animal friends Incredibly today, adorable. aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, we're podcasting from a rescue zoo or something. Aren't we? <laughs> it's a bit, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. But the, the money is probably the most difficult thing to come up with, um, which is why I, I do the whole cheap thing. Otherwise, it would just be like Marriott's the whole way, which I guess tells you something about me. My, the apex of, of fancy <laughs> is a Marriott. <laughs> that's it doesn't get better than that <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it might there goes our sponsorship money but yeah it does <laughs> i've seen movies i know you can do better than marriott's <laughs> but but the, the whole zine though is pitched as as a, a, a well in part is pitched as a guide to, to to getting these experiences and and to being intentional and focusing on the experience as well isn't it not just not yeah. just saving money um and and i know that there's uh yeah the the uh, funnily enough i i've been um uh, not bitten by the bug but i i have a, a an interest currently in being more intentional about stuff um, and uh, I, you know, I picked up on that as a theme, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I could, get, I could get behind all of this. But yeah, it's, it's, it's you, 
the well the, the the travel itself you know as you've said in the in the zine you know make sure you take the road less traveled and you know and you know, don't go on the interstates and you'll miss everything if you do it. and then and then you you find all sorts of assets and ways of of living for free almost by the sound of it except for gas yeah yeah i mean in america we've got we've got a lot of free campsites and sometimes they're run by the federal government. Sometimes they're run by the towns that you're going through. But although, you know, there's a lot of free ones out there. And there's a w- couple of websites that have these uh, advertised with reviews and things like that. And usually it's just a plot to put down your tent or your, set up your RV or whatever you're in. Sometimes there's a bathroom, uh, a pit toilet. There's almost never a shower. Uh, it's very... Uh, uh, it's very rustic. Smelly. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it can be. It can be. Uh, it can be in shady areas sometimes. So you just that's why the reviews are there. We've run into some pretty horrible things here and there, but for the most part, they're safe, and you're often the only person there. Which, uh, yeah, which it, it, I guess is a blessing, then, isn't it? Because yeah, you can get to to be out on your own as if you're in the wild, but actually have some very basic facilities available. Oh, very, very basic, like maybe a fire fire ring to put a little campfire in and a pit toilet. Yes. Can I can I ask um, mm-hmm. about? Well, you were saying you know quite often you're the only person there. Um, yeah. Idea. I I kind of find that quite terrifying. Like it feels very scary to me like the idea of being the only person there and i i don't know whether that's to do with the fact that i'm a woman or not or if that's just just my own sort of like huh it's a big <laughs> space right <laughs> and I'll, I'll, to be the only person there it feels quite i don't know i'm i grew up in a little a little sort of like town well little council estate and stuff near a town and then and now I live in the city so it's just it's a very different environment and I don't know how I would deal with it really I think I'd find it quite scary and quite oppressive almost like that maybe a bit agoraphobic (laughs) you know (laughs) that idea of being the only person there how how have you found it it goes I don't, I'm not sure exactly it, it depends on where you are because there's the whole range of emotions that you're going to have while you're traveling anyway including fear mm. and when you're in places like that sometimes you feel like you really need to be in a place like that mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it can be really scary um, okay no so not just me <laughs> no definitely okay. not just you now being male especially being a white male in America, I have certain privileges that being a woman or being like a, a person of color traveling, that they're not afforded. So my you experience... You talk about this, don't you, in, in I, the scene, which is really interesting, actually. I, th- I think it's important to, yeah, because yeah. I mean, it's me, me traveling on my own, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else, uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But... I've also seen women traveling solo mm-hmm. and and yeah. people of color traveling solo. So it can be done. I just can't I can't speak a lot to that. Of course, um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. One of uh, I've not done much traveling full stop the end, but this story of sort of being alone and being a little bit nervous. I don't think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Apologies if I have, but um, I actually wasn't alone. So this was when I was um, 
in New Zealand many, many years ago with my now ex-wife, but before she was my wife. We were traveling around the North Island, but quite far to the um, east of the North Island, which is very rural. Um, mm. And uh, we were trying to find a place to stay in this little kind of nothing place. And there was a hostel there, but it was full. And they said, oh, you can go go over to this place. Go here, turn right, go up there. You'll find this place there. And there's just beds there. Okay, great. So we go. I mean, this is this is very rural. Um, so we go off and we find the turning and we're going we're going up this wooded lane and it's quite dark and there's big tall trees either side and there's this shed this wooden shed off to the side this big wooden shed and as we're driving a guy comes out from the shed covered in blood just just covered in blood <laughs> what <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is a great first impression um uh, it turns out that he was a and i think it was a possum trapper hang on you waited to have a conversation to find out what he was <laughs> yeah yeah he was the guy who was kind of keeping an eye on things so yeah it turns out, so that was our first um thing so we sort of stopped, said hello to him he apologized for being covered in blood <laughs> he said hello oh yeah. hello there i just see um, that you a random person covered in head to toe in blood that's just hilarious oh my god i can't believe he stayed he didn't yeah. run no, but then see, we carried on up the lane then, past that, up to the and the house was this sort of little wooden, white kind of bungalow thing, so up on the top of a little rise, surrounded by these trees. I mean, it looked like every scary house from a horror movie <laughs> you've ever seen. There was nobody else there, um, and uh, at night the like this, just the insects were all around the place. And while we were sleeping there, at one point, uh, my my partner was convinced that her. her a rat had opened the door, walked in, <laughs> walked out again, and closed the door behind it. I think that she might have imagined that. But um, yeah, the whole place just had an utterly terrifying vibe to it. So uh, yeah, but it's all part of the experience, though, isn't it, Eric? Because <laughs> you said <laughs> it's all good. There's yeah, there's always good stories with it. Uh, the romantic tales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm wondering because obviously you're traveling. It, and and the countryside and the, the way that you're traveling is very different to how we travel in this country you know, mm. because it's you know different. Uh, I think there are probably a lot of commonalities, and I wondered if we could kind of work our way through the process and kind of just talk about what we all kind of with the idea of this imaginary time when we go, okay, we've got some time ahead of us that we can go and just take a trip. Um, so the first thing I suppose is how how do we decide where we go I mean, when you're when you go okay what well, three weeks in front of me um how do you plan out where you're going to go and also how much structure do you put in place with regards to your time scale are you going okay i'm going to be here this day here that day or is it more of a vague suggestion um because i i want to hit specific roads i'm very like I'm going to take this road to this road, turn left here and turn that. So I have it very well laid out. I know basically where I'm going. That said, it changes on the road. So I may skip a town or I may skip this road or I may, you know, go this other state over here for some reason. Um, like last year, I went to Texas when I wasn't planning on going to Texas. So it was like, oh, I'm just going to go to Texas. And I added an extra day to do that. And sometimes I'll just skip stuff. Um, when laying it out, like like for this trip that I'm planning this summer, 
my uh, I got interested in the Nez Perce War, uh, which started between the Nez Perce Indian tribes and the U.S. government who wanted their land. And Ned Pierce was like, no. And so they had a, a war. And uh, then Ned Pierce retreated from northern Oregon through um, Idaho and Yellowstone Park and up north into Montana. And so I was like, well, I'm going to follow that trail because I like depressing vacations. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that's going to be like the first week and a half of what I'm doing. And then after that, I was like, oh, man, I'm in Montana and I'm wanna, I want to see a lot of Montana. So what else is in Montana? So I looked around a bunch of things, found some Montana, Montana stuff. And then I came across a, uh, a, a woman who was a large format photographer in the late 1800s named Evelyn Cameron. She's from England originally, moved to Montana with her husband to be horse ranchers. And she bought a uh, some big ass camera like an eight by ten and uh took a bunch of photos of of the middle of nowhere montana and i'm like oh this is this is great there's a little museum in this little town to her and i'm hoping the camera is still there and all he has all of her original glass plates and it's it's really neat so it's things like that you just find along the way that are that could be interesting so and um do you like we'll, we'll come on to accommodation and stuff, but how do you, when you're planning sort of balance out where you're, do you just find places to stay as you're going along or do you no. actually have a, no, you do figure that out first. I figure out with the, with the free campsites, I have mapped out every single free campsite within like 50 miles of my route. Um, so if I find one I don't like, I can go to, to another one and the next one, other one next farthest away. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I don't have necessarily a stop here on this day, stop here on this day, but I do know where I can stop. So if I had to want to take, if I want to take a little bit longer at a place, I can because like I can just stop at the next free campsite. I I really like the idea. I'd be really interested to hear what Aiden and Rachel think of this, but I, I really like the idea of um, the fact that you went with kind of a. Uh, the theme isn't quite the right, but you know the idea of following this trail. So not so much a destination, more a kind of purpose in mind that it was go- is going to take you somewhere rather than saying, "Okay, I'm going to go to here." It's like, well, no, I'm following this, and it's going to take me up here. I mean, um, aid obviously like me, you've got kids, so your travel time is hor- horribly limited in the way you can use it. And and Rachel, I know your free time limited as well. But um, mm. what? Let's imagine that you could just make the wave of the magic <laughs> wand. What, what would be like when you're in the planning stage? What would you be looking for? That's a good question. That uh, so, you know, one of the, uh, I, I guess I, I'm more of a, a traveller to cities more than to uh, you know countryside and rural areas. So so when when we travel either as a family or before the kids are born, you know, it's more sort of experience. Yeah, different cities and, and often just for shorter periods of time i mean yeah the the the, the, the sort of uh, distances i think that eric travel are simply not available to us in this country um yeah uh, although of course you know on mainland europe they absolutely are um but the i, I think the 
I think what I try to do when I travel is, is to, to patch together an overall experience of a place. One of the things we found works well, especially more you know, in more recent years since we had children, is to actually book a, a local tour guide for an afternoon. And you get a much you get a much better sense of a place if somebody's describing to you and telling you stories and bring, yeah, really bringing it to life. And that's something mm. that we found to be really, really um, uh, a great way to experience. You get a lot more out of it than you do by just wandering around. Um, so, and we've done that in uh, in Split in Croatia, in New York City, in barcelona you know we've done it more than once and and that really adds a lot to our travel experiences and that does help you pack a lot into a short trip as well because your your experience of uh, of of a place is comes alive a lot more quickly you don't have to soak Mm. it up by osmosis you can get a sort of direct injection of it if you like Mm. yeah nice that's that's a great tip what about you rach um I'm uh, well I've I've never been away anywhere for longer than a week <laughs> um so yeah um my my general like holiday experiences are relatively limited I guess I haven't haven't really had that chance um to do that um I I do really like I really like what you were saying there Aid about um just kind of getting that chance to have a connection with somebody who knows about the place is is it's always a richer experience i think um so uh, for example we, uh, we were lucky enough to um go to shanghai for a week um and basically stayed on our friend's sofa sort of thing when they were over there um and uh, it was it was a much richer experience for us because they already knew the space which is wonderful so um they could already take us a bit like obviously you were saying aid you know to to get somebody who is a tour guide um to kind of like show you around um that that we found was really wonderful especially because we didn't speak the language um and we didn't know where to go and uh, or any of these sorts of things so they could they could help us with with those sorts of things um but generally i think um an overall idea of place, you know, maybe a few little places, or oh, that looks like a point of interest or what have you. Um, but just wondering, just actually spending some time um, walking around a place, I think, um, does help uh, me feel connected to it. You know, just the idea of, oh, you, you can turn a corner and find something interesting around that corner or um, something you weren't expecting. Like, I, I quite enjoy surprises. So, you know, that's that's always nice um, when you sort of stumble across the idea of, oh, I found this little sort of like hidden treasure or something. That's quite a nice um, uh, sort of feeling, I think. Um, again, it's we're talking about very different landscapes, very different um, sort of areas geographically, you know, um, from journeys that obviously, Eric, you've been taking from what um, I, I've done anything. I've never done anything like that. I've um, I've not driven on the other side of the road. Um, I, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it's, yeah, that kind of side of things is, is all quite um, different. To, me. to be fair, yeah. I, I doubt Eric's ever driven on the other side of the road either, have you, Eric? <laughs> not well, not not Did when you I drive was on the right. To, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No, no, I, I, we, I do drive on the opposite side that you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I've never <laughs> driven on the other side. See, that that is an interesting thing. It does take some time because I live very much in yeah, very near the south uh, of uh, England. Um, but actually, our our whole family um, summer vacation is a a driving holiday, exploring different parts of France, um, oh. and and I've driven enough. Uh, you know, either either in Europe or or just flying to the states on business or wherever on business and just jumping in a car that it doesn't phase me anymore. Oof. But I can, oh no, I, I can I can get off a ten hour flight and just get straight in the car and drive. Oh my and, god! And, and as long as I haven't drunk too much, obviously. It's <laughs> such, such a block for me. Like I've I've never done that. It terrifies me to like think about doing that. And um, my husband doesn't drive, so you know the. If if we're driving anywhere, I'm the one driving. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of definitely a, a part of it that stops me from doing certain part certain things like that. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I guess everybody. Yeah, it's 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 all very different, isn't it? Because I'm try, I'm sitting here thinking to myself that what I've just described, which is to 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 go somewhere that is is a built up area and to get a local person show you around. I'm just wondering how Eric's reacting to that because part of me thinks Eric, you might be horrified. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, when I go to like a historic park, um, I often get a, a guide. They often have guides, like at, at a like at a. Like at Little Bighorn, there was a ranger-led walk that right. um, nice. you could go around different parts of the battlefield. And then at um, different places you go, you'll have that. Almost every historic park has a ranger there uh, to kind of like say, hey, this is what happened here. This is what happened there. And it's always a more, a more interesting experience than just kind of wandering around and looking at signs. Yeah. Well, you do love looking at signs. Yeah, <laughs> that's well, your I mean, favorite yeah. thing in the world, isn't it? <laughs> it's part okay. of it. <laughs> but maybe you know a bit more about the signs if you've had somebody tell you. Yeah, this is the reason. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they know where all the sweetest signs are. Okay, so we've decided, you know, whether it's going away and you kind of you planned out your three week um, trip, or if you've just got a short break and you're going down the route of getting a more guided, or well, not guide, but getting guided once you're there so that you can find places more quickly. You kind of we've got an idea of where we're going on our fantastic photography based trip uh the next thing is like deciding on kit that we're taking um both photographic and otherwise but let's start with the photographic stuff um for a, a long trip when you're going away with three weeks uh you the especially the way you go eric which is the whole point of it is to go and take photos um and obviously to experience where you are as well but the taking photos is is an absolutely integral part of it um and so an inability to take photographs would be quite catastrophic so how much stuff are you taking what kind of redundancies are you building in um how much are you overpacking for this trip um with with things like with cameras, I take almost everything I have. So <laughs> on the on the last well, everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're living out of your out of your car for three weeks or a month or whatever, and why not? Why not so take how everything? Much, how much is everything? Because if I took everything, then there wouldn't be room for me in the car. Okay, sure, sure. Um, uh, I think last time I took fifteen cameras. Wow. <laughs> um, Yay. <laughs> There's, and there's, I used there's definitely all some redundancy built into that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now I've I've really scaled back, um, so I'm I'm at 
I'm at uh, the exacta system I'm using for the 35 millimeter, and I have a, a Canonet for the 35. So that's it for my 35. And then with the 120, I just have the Mamiya's, the 645, and the RB67s, and a couple of lenses for each of those. Mm-hmm. So that's easy. That's pretty easy. Now I've got not a lot of redundancy, but I've got a lot less. <laughs> I got a lot more room in my back seat. So, uh, and then with the large format, I just have two, two or two or least two cameras at this point that I'm three that I'm bringing. See, with me. I'd be almost paralyzed at that point with, uh, you know, what what one do I pick up to shoot what and. Ah, and my brain is just turning to mush thinking about making that just, choice. I would miss so many shots just by sitting in the back of the car going, ooh. <laughs> you become, you become, that's my first day. My first day is that. Like, oh my God, I don't know what I have. What am I shooting? Um, but you you start to know, like, you obviously, you start to know your cameras. And, you know, like, oh, well, I want this camera for this, whatever you're taking a picture of or with this lens, or I have this film in this camera, so I need, to, I need to use that for this. And if you have sunny, and you, if it's sunny weather, you've got color, uh, it's wonderful, but if you want to take a black and white, you know, if the, if the clouds come out, then you, you need a camera with black and white in it. Yeah. So it really is, it's all situational, and you just, it becomes kind of like if you're, I'm assuming painting or something. You want to use this brush for this thing that you're doing a happy cloud or something. You need a certain brush. And so you have you need the same thing. You need a certain scene, you need a certain camera. So which is why I bring a lot. Of okay. Yeah. No, so, so I can, I can sense <laughs> so, some of that. And it's, so, uh, I mean, r- rarely do I, I get to, to travel, uh, it long longer distances in a car and when i do the back seat is always full of children so absolutely yeah so so uh you know uh, but but for me that's that's, that's this is this is fascinating because you know for me part of traveling is is wanting to travel light and and so what i'll do what i end up doing is setting out a, a bunch of kit or, or, or you know on a, on a sofa and and looking at it and going yeah that's too much which ones am i not going to do and try and pare it down because i always end up whatever i take i i i i never use all of it uh, yeah may, so so i i get it so what i do is i try and help my poor little brain out by thinking to myself before i go okay what is the best camera kit for the for yeah. for what I'm going to be doing, yeah. And if I'm in the car, then yeah, I can take the I can take the the big guns out, you know, the heavyweights. Um, yeah. Or, or, or if I if I know I'm going to be walking around a city for twelve hours a day, I'm going to want something much lighter. You know? Yes. So yeah, I try and choose that. And and for me, if it, it, it does feel like a compromise actually at the packing stage, but it's uh, because I know uh, at my advancing years a little bit about who I am as a person. I know that it's better to feel the compromise before you leave the house <laughs> than than it, than it is to 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 you know be paralysed and indecisive. Um, and then come home with some stuff you're not happy about because when you get home you'll find that there's no consistency through the look and feel of it and that you know it doesn't hang together as a coherent set of images and 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 and, and, and that's where all my paranoia is kicking but hey everybody's different and there's there's room for ev- there's room for all sorts in this wonderful world of photography <laughs> you just have to enjoy what you're doing and however you get to that 
is okay. Okay, so let me ask you a question, right? If you went on one of these trips and none of your photos came out, is that trip a waste of time? Yeah. Really? <laughs> wow. It sucks. Yeah, wow. It sucks. That, came out, that came out way too quickly. No. Um, <laughs> let me pull that back a little bit. Yes, in some ways it is because it is just a photo trip. So if nothing, I don't know, if nothing came out, what would I don't know what would that I don't know what that would look like. My car would have caught fire or something. Okay, well, the only just way the ones that on your happen. just the ones on your cell phone then or something like that, and that was all. Yeah, you Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what would have to happen for that to happen. But if that did happen, there would be a bigger problem than, than oh my god, my photos are gone. But with large format, that's not the case. Um, it's it's the whole experience of taking the, the the large format photo and setting it up and doing all the, the shit that you need to do with it. That's more rewarding, or I, I bet that's about as rewarding as getting the picture back that it actually turned out. Okay, I mean, yeah. I don't shoot large format, but I I have an equivalent. You know, for me, the experience I have mm -hmm. while I'm traveling. Yeah, yeah, is is whatever it is. Not not for me, large format, but the experience definitely trumps the output for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, and the, you know, uh, people who've been listening for long enough will, will remember that about uh, nearly 18 months ago now I went to Bhutan um, and luckily um, all my shots did come out, although all my 20 rolls of film that I shot um, went through, a, I think, 12 or 13 X-ray scanners. Um, every wow. single film went through a dozen x-ray scanners and happily they were fine but i i, I was uh, part way through my journey once i was committed and couldn't change the route or the plans i, I did have to confront the fear that actually i might not get any images at all wow. <laughs> um and and you know uh, actually yeah i'd have been miffed right yeah but but it, yeah, would, but it would never have been a waste it would never have been out. a waste Sorry, Graham. No, but it say? would have been. No, say, so I, I think if your Bhutan pictures hadn't come out, though, that that would have been. I know that it, you know the experience was the thing, but it would have been, um, it would have been beyond a little disappointing if they hadn't come out because I, it was, it, it is a once in a lifetime thing, and, um, yeah, no, you 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 are yeah. absolutely right, and I can tell you how I know that you're absolutely right. It's because uh, I I didn't take a digital camera other than my phone. Um, and there was a couple of occasions where uh, I, I had to use it. Um, and I always look at those photographs and think, mm, I wish I'd had a proper camera with me at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you know, I would, yeah, I would have been upset, obviously. But it, it just, it's just a question I try and work with myself, you know, because, you know, again, with all of this, uh, yeah, uh, th this. Well, I mean, it's, it's threaded through your zines. Is is yeah, the 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 intention behind what you're trying to achieve with the travel, and I just would yeah, just had to ask you know, what if what if it was only the travel and and there wasn't any photographic output at the end. Just uh, so I think everybody everybody reacts to that kind of situation differently. So yeah, yeah. You, I mean, putting the cameras aside for one second, and this is a problem which we rarely have to face in this country, but actually last summer we did. Like when you're away for three weeks, and especially when you're going to places like Texas, it can get hot as balls in a car. Yes. Um, yeah. And you love using old and expired films. and But do you, do you ever, like, 
is that a thought process that you go to like okay well based on where i'm going maybe i'm not going to take xyz films or or do you take precautions in the way that you're transporting them what's the what's the process with films especially when you're going somewhere that could be very hot i decided that yeah this was an issue um because i am and traveling in the summer and sometimes we're having 110 degrees or whatever that is in celsius a lot um, yeah, that's what it says on off the moment. It goes, it just says a lot. It says a some lot. 40, 45, <laughs> a lot. somewhere in there, somewhere, somewhere yeah. up that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I have a 12 volts cooler that you, you plug it into your cigarette lighter and it is like a little mini refrigerator, except it's the size of a cooler. And so I've got most of my film in there and all of, well, all of my, all of my film holders in there with the film loaded in them and then uh, most of my roll film in there as well. And so it keeps it um, probably around 70, 70, 60, uh, around where it's supposed to be for film. Right. Yeah. Sensible, cold, sen- but, sensible temperatures. Yeah. 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 Like a, like twenty um, C or something like that, somewhere in that general area. Oh, so you can also so keep food in toasty. there as well. Um, so how much film are you taking with you? You go away for three weeks. What kind of quantities are you taking? Again, a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, last year I shot, I th- hey, I'm going to get this wrong, probably around 100 rolls. Wow. Okay. Cool. And 110, 115-ish sheets. And I ran out of sheets, so I need to bring, I need to bring more. But I didn't, I didn't run out of roll film, though. Okay. That's a lot. That's impressive. It is. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. So, like I said, like I said your, your traveling is very particular. I mean, what in addition to the camera and stuff, what are the, the, the key things that you need to make sure that you're taking with you? Do you take, uh, are you developing at all on the road or are you saving it all till you get back? I have to save it. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Well, I mean, where I'm staying, I can't. I don't have access to water a lot of times. And, so no, I can't. Uh, I can't develop on the road. Um, but I mean, mostly just the, the basics. I have a tent, a sleeping bag, a, a pillow, uh, clothes, uh, some some you know like a toiletry kit. It's it's kind of like backpacking in a car in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> it really is. Wow. Also, yeah, crazy from my point of view, but uh, it just because I've never not not in a bad way, just because I've never had the opportunity to to do that sort of thing and it and experience it like that. So, uh, yeah. did you did you never do any backpacking in your youth, aid? No, I did. I didn't. I, I, and uh, the 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 travel bug hit me much later on, and I I I had plenty of friends who who went and did backpacking and traveling. And I never wanted to. I never felt the urge mm. at that point. I mean, I guess that you know those formative years, you know, late teens, early twenties. I was spending a lot of my time in nightclubs and gigs, and and music was really the thing that that drove my social life rather than travel. Uh, and so I, yeah, that that was just the the thing. You know, our summer holidays were to festivals and stuff like that, rather than doing anything travelish. Mm. Um, uh, that didn't have any money um <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so it's uh yeah it, it it just never hit me until later and i think part of it for me um is that i what i've realized traveling 
you know, at a later, an older age with people is that actually I like to have somebody to share the experience with. So, I, I mean, I, I uh, very rarely have I been away on my own. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you could say, I went, yeah, we were talking about Bhutan. You could say I went to Bhutan on my own, but I didn't really because I was in the group with 15 other people. And, you know, yes, so they were all strangers at the beginning of the tour, but by the end of it, we were all friends. So I was experiencing it with people. But one of the one of the very few downsides to doing that trip that I, I've ever managed to pin down, because it was generally just awesome, one of the few downsides is there were times there where I wish uh, yeah, my wife and kids were with me so we could experience it together. Yeah. 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 So, so travel for travel. <laughs> Eric and I are both going, that's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting approach yeah. to things. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm just an old softy. What can I say? <laughs> but yeah, it took me, I spent, so I spent, I spent a long time, um, uh, I spent a long time living on my own, but I, I, I did before <laughs> before I yeah you know, I didn't marry young um you know, I before I got married I spent a good number of years living on my own and yeah you know, and actually when I when it came time to when I met the right person and fell in love and got married and stuff like that that was it for me just then I was like right that's just the people I want to spend my time with you know um, yeah yeah I don't really want to travel and have all of those experiences without my wife and kids right. It's just yeah. how it is for me. So you know, I'm I'm very you know the, my my kids are not old enough to do crazy stuff yet because for one thing they wouldn't eat any of the food so they'd starve to death. Um, and <laughs> uh, uh, another thing is they yeah they they are just a little bit too young. Both being under ten, they're just a little bit too young for some of the the longer you know physically more demanding trips. Um, yeah. uh, but they're getting a taste for it. Um, and uh, we're introducing them to try and try and sort of stretch their their experiences as we go, just to you know what the you know, give them a little bit of challenge in their travel, you know, to not just to experience new things, but you know to do things different ways. Um, and uh, you know that's it. We 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 travel as a family, and for me, that's that's the best way to do it at this point. I'm sure in yeah. about two or three years' time, when my children have turned against me. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. that will I'm all there. change and 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 it is only about three weeks since i went away for the weekend just me and the wife so <laughs> oh, no, no. so 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 it is yeah it's not that i would like to do that exclusively but yeah but i don't know it's just uh, that's yeah I, i'm a bit soppy like that to be honest ah yeah that's very sweet but nothing i'm with you eric <laughs> is there a way we can ditch them and just go and do this um actually i love my family to bits but oh no we do late. that as well <laughs> so um when we get to the point where we're actually out traveling um and obviously like i said this is an easier question for when we are able to be doing this selfishly and making the decisions based on what we want but um so this is probably aimed more at uh eric on on this particular one based on what we've just been saying but when you're looking you know, when you wake up in the morning um how are you planning out your day do you sort of think okay i'm going to i want to be places where i can shoot early in the morning and late in the day but in the middle of the day i'm not going to be thinking about shooting I'm going to be traveling or are you just when i'm there i'm shooting and the time of day is not a thing how do you approach these things do you like do you have like a, a destination in your head like i want to be here at this time to capture this particular scene at sunset or whatever not usually it's usually more um random like it's not random but it's usually more sp sporadic or whatever than that i'll wake up in the morning and of course you got good light really really good light 
And so you find yourself driving slower, uh, maybe stopping for a little bit longer in the towns to get some you know, morning photos or in a field to get some morning photos. And then as the day goes on, say around 10, 11, the sun climbs up to the, to the meridian, you take a lot less photos. Just naturally, the light is kind of boring. So enough if, if you go into place in something really interesting, you'll grab a few photos. But I generally find that I, I shoot a lot less then and then I find a park to make, make a little lunch or something in and then a little later in the afternoon you get going again and towards evening you shoot more uh, of course then you have to worry about where am I going to stay that night and so you kind of have one eye on what you're shooting and another eye on your map going where am I going to stay so it, it's but yeah I mean it, it's it's there's nothing that I usually plan out there's some places that I certainly do but nothing that's like I need to be here at a certain time because that would be That'd be really incredibly stressful. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Yes, definitely. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not great at being rigid about timescales and and schedules and stuff like that and places to be. Um, I, even in my professional life, I rarely turn up to meetings on time. So. <laughs> I mean, what? What? So, if you find yourself passing through somewhere in the middle of the day when the lights flat and boring and uh, but you can't you look around and go gee i i i would love to take I, I can see that there's pictures worth taking here but just not now will you just hang around will you go elsewhere and come back or is it just a case of nah you know given the, the distances that you're traveling if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time then um that's just you know celebi that's gone the second yeah it's it's if you're not there at the right time you miss it and I like I like that. There's a certain there's a certain um, uh, fate, I guess, to it that, you know, you're you're there at the right time and it happens and it's wonderful. And then the, other, the flip side of that is you're there at the wrong time and it doesn't happen and you, you make the best of it. And I like I like and so some of my favorite photos that I took last year are from the noon hour where it's just you find a town and if it's like a kind of a broken down town. Uh, getting really washed out, uh, almost colorless, bright photos really serves the, the 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 mood of the town, and so that's that's really nice. And it would look good in the morning, look good in the evening, but in the noontime, it, there's a certain look that it has that's very uh, non contrasty, and it's it's just a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, yeah, so you make you make the it. make the best of it. Hmm? Yeah. I mean, when you get to these places that you're shooting, do you tend to shoot with the entire range of cameras? Are you going, okay, I'm here, I'm going to capture stuff on, or uh, now, obviously not when you had 15, I'm sure you didn't, but now that you're working with a smaller pile, are you going, okay, I'm, I'm going to try this with all of them just so I've got some confidence that you know one of these pictures is definitely going to come out? Or are you just looking at them going, well, actually, I think this would work best with this camera or... Um, last year I definitely did that where it was, you know, this camera for this situation. Um, with this one, with having so many fewer, I will probably shoot, like if I go into a town, I'll usually carry two with me. And so, um, I'll probably still do that. It'll just be a larger percentage of the whole now. The places you're going to, because you're really drawn to these um, fairly out of the way, you know, as you said, off the beaten track places. Mm -hmm. um, what's the? I, 
the interaction with people there because it can't be common for them to be seeing people just turning up to take pictures especially with some of your bigger cameras your noticeable stuff um does it raise much attention from the people there uh no <laughs> it doesn't and i don't know why um it, i i you're just i don't know i'm not a, like I'm, in, I'm invisible or anything but i'll get i'll get um stopped here and there but it's mostly people like if i'm out in the in 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 the really rural areas people wondering if i'm poaching or if i'm like poaching like like deer like hunting deer illegally um or like what i'm if i'm trespassing or something like are you you gonna go over there and you know graffiti something or or whatever people do out there and when they find out that i'm photographing things they just don't care (laughs) they just don't care (laughs) That'd be, that'd be um, so different in this country. Everybody gets really antsy when you photograph a private property in this country. <laughs> oh, I mean, we, yeah, I, most, when you, when you get stopped by people out in the rural areas and they're kind of worried about you trespassing, they're usually not worried about you trespassing on their land because it's somebody else's land and they're just kind of being nosy. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's, that's, that's interesting. I, it's, it's, it's not happened to me very often, but you know, uh, I have had people say to you, oh, this is private property. You can't take photographs here and stuff like that. But, yeah. But, it, but, but mm-hmm. not, not often. It's not, it's, I've never encountered it being a, a massive problem or anything like that. But, um, but then again, the people where I tend to be don't have shotguns in the back of their trucks either. So it's like... Yeah. I mean, it is, well, I mean, one thing I've noticed that if they're, if people think that you're poaching, they think that you're armed. Oh, and yeah, so yeah, they, okay, yeah, yes, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, they yeah. they approach they approach you thinking that you have a gun, which often means they have a gun as well. So it's something just to, to keep in mind if you're in the middle of of nowhere America that you may you may be suspected of being armed. And uh, <laughs> with a large imagine... format camera. <laughs> Yeah, that's just what I was going to say. Which I would imagine at that point, as as I was doing myself in the village just the other day, strolling along with um, the tripod over your shoulder with a large format camera on the back of it, makes it quite clear that you are at best not a threat. Possibly well, I mean, from a, a from, a, from a distance, a tripod looks like a rifle. Yeah, but my camera's green. That are you look holding bad. it? It looks like an accordion. <laughs> <laughs> well if you have it like over your shoulder or in your hand i mean from a from a distance yeah one of the guys that came up to me uh he, he did he thought i had a gun so you know it's just something to keep in mind i've never felt threatened or anything like that but you know it's it's a it's a concern it's more of a concern for them than yeah. me they want they want me to not do that and when they find out that i'm not doing that they're pretty okay um Hey, you've been all over the place, and Rach, you were saying earlier about how you went to Shanghai. I mean, like different countries uh, uh, elicit different responses to cameras being around. What what have you found whilst you've been out on your travels? What you know, has it been very different from what you're used to at home? No, I I I I think <laughs> it's it, I find it easier. Yes, and uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah i find i find it uh easier away from home because you have you can just wallow in being a tourist right mm. the, the, there's a lot there's yeah, a, a lot point. of protection yeah. in being oh yeah. yeah i'm not from around here what people are, why are you pointing your camera at that oh i'm just a crazy tourist and you don't even have to be crazy they just look at you and because because you know the most places people can tell whether you're local or not 
you know, uh, you know it's either because you're speaking a different language or, or because you dress differently or your skin is a different color or, or, or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. A lot of people will spot you for not being a local, possibly because you're thinking it's hilarious to take a photograph of something you perceive to be culturally important and to, to them is an outside toilet. You know, like... <laughs> I've been moved on a few times for um, uh, taking photos. Is this related of... to what we're talking about? <laughs> no, not really um <laughs> I t- taking photos of um uh interesting looking like ironwork and things you know like gates and doors and that kind of thing because uh um I, I just have a bit of a thing about doors i just think they're lovely like different interesting doorways and um uh, beautiful sort of like architecture and that kind of thing and uh and then there's somebody pointing a gun at me going yep nope you can't take photos of this and yeah that kind of stuff so uh, really yeah. is this illegal? yeah no. <laughs> Sounds like the board. In what way? It's the threatening with a gun. Sorry, if it'd been a knife. In, the, in a culturally stereotypical way, right? <laughs> oh, right, okay. Um, no, this is in, um, uh, this is like ab- abroad uh, in, in Paris and in um, Madrid um, uh, when I'd, I'd taken like an afternoon um, to uh, to go around the city and stuff. Uh, but yeah, they, they yeah, it's like I say, it's happened a few times when I've been um, away from home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've find... probably been waved on by people with guns before, but but only in the oh, yeah, this is not a tourist area kind of a way, not in the I'm doing something naughty kind of a way. But it is interesting because one of the things I've never been able to figure out is, am I you know, am I not not immune, but am I feeling more relaxed because I I am a tourist. Or is it that I just happen to live in a country that's very oppressive towards people taking photographs in in public? Mm. You know, because you know, in the UK, in the, there are a lot of places in the UK where it's not considered, it's not easy to do. Um, but although having said that, I, I don't know. I think it's just a sort of ignorance is bliss for those for those Pratchett fun, you know, fans amongst us. It's it's the two flower thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can just be a tourist and you can be entirely oblivious uh, to, 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 you know, the, the, the foolish things that the, the locals think that you're doing. Um, yeah. You know, and in most places you can just get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rach, when you were in Shanghai, mm. because obviously, you know, to them, you're going there and one type of things because it's all novel to you, but also to a certain extent you and your appearance is a novelty to them did you yeah. find that because of that it actually made it easier for you to go you know to, to engage with people there it um it, it was actually kind of difficult because i i couldn't we couldn't actually like get across the river because adam kept getting stopped that's my husband um because he has a beard and 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 it's sort of like um uh, he has like bits of like red hair and and things as well. he's he's like dark hair he's like brunette but it, there's it, there's some Scottish blood yes Scottish blood as well and um and so they were like we we literally couldn't move because we kept getting surrounded by people who all wanted their photo taken with him <laughs> like <laughs> hey. this is like some weird celebrity so I actually couldn't get anywhere like because it it took us you know like half an hour to get just down down literally like down the bridge you know down the road sort of thing it's just crazy um so yeah so uh that was that was slightly more difficult actually to to move around anywhere without people following us in groups 
<laughs> or trying to take their photo. So he'd have to stand and like have there was literally like a queue of people wanting to take photos with him. <laughs> so we'd have to like oh, yeah. do that every <laughs> that time. Is. Every time I'd like go, oh, I want to get a quick shot of this or whatever. And the minute we'd stop, it'd be like there's a queue of people and they'd all be there with like the selfies, you know. Well, surely that's and, like, genius because then you won't be bothered and you can get all the shots you want really easily. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You see, I, I want to get a picture of this She's monument. Got my elbows out. <laughs> yeah, I want to take a picture of this monument. You go and stand just over there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and exactly. Draw it. them all away. This is brilliant. Oh my goodness. I didn't approach that the right way, did I? I didn't. Clearly not. It's an absolute asset for you there, Rach. Yeah. <laughs> like... It was so weird though. I was just like, hey, what? And yeah. Uh, yeah, Adam was a little bit overwhelmed. I think. Oh I'm my sure god, I would be as well. Yeah, I was like, okay, interesting. It, it yeah, it, it, uh, uh, strange world. Uh, hey. Uh, anyway, just, Graham, yeah. where, where are we up to with our with our processor and our, and our trip? Well, I mean, uh, I'm, you know, I've kind of lost track of where we were. Really, we, we were talking about um, the, you know the, the experience of, of what it's like actually visiting to these visiting these towns. Um, when so you, every day you, you get to the end of the day and you're looking back over not over the pictures that you've taken but over kind of what you've done and where you've been i uh, said so regardless of where you are um is that the point at which you're planning the next step or or you know i know you said you don't plan far in advance, but you, you literally sort of getting home in the evening and going okay what is tomorrow going to look like um because I, like I, i'm this is a not travel related, but I'm a gardener, as everybody knows. And so for me, like, the weather plays a very important part of what my activities are going to be each and every day. And photography is much the same. So people often say to me, oh, you've seen the forecast. And I don't tend to bother looking at the forecast because either it's going to rain or it's not. And I'll find out when I start getting wet. Um, and what I found <laughs> is that trying to plan based around what the forecast says means that I might decide, well, I'm not going to go there today because the forecast is bad. Um, and then it isn't, and I could have gone there or vice versa. So I just tend to kind of go with the flow. Um, what about you and your approach with these things? Uh, with weather? Um, because I'm traveling, like where I'm traveling in the summer, it's usually pretty dry. So weather is usually... Um, super sunny with a major storm somewhere on the horizon. So if you don't go over in that direction, then you're you're fine. Um, so no, I never really I don't I don't look at the weather um, usually. Uh, yeah, I don't look at the weather. So at night, um, mostly what I do is I, I load up the cameras for the next day. I fill in whatever notes that I have uh, kind of partially filled in. I'm a meticulous note taker when it comes to photography. So uh, I, I make sure that everything is, is as legible and as, as, as useful as it, as it can be. Um, I get out the film I want to possibly shoot the next day. I get it out of the cooler and, and you know put it in a, another bag that I have for my today's film bag. and do the same thing with the sheets. Um, I'll choose the cameras based on not much of anything usually. Just kind of like, oh, I haven't shot this in a while. I'll, I'll try that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, unless I get in really late, then I just don't do that. I just do it the next morning. 
And what's the longest you're likely to stay in any one place when you get somewhere? I mean, are, are there days that you just go, okay, this is where I am today. This is this is my entire day. Or, or are you on the move every single day? I'm on the move, but I'd really like to do that a little more often. So I have a few a few places where I'm going to be like, I'm going to park for a day, maybe, maybe two and do some hiking, things like that. Um, last year I got my oil changed in Wichita, Kansas. And so I spent probably four hours just kind of hanging out in Wichita, which is something I, I just don't do. I don't hang out in cities at all much, but it was, it was neat. It was kind of neat. I had a, I had a, a really nice, um, lunch at this, there is this, uh, a double decker bus, uh, which we don't have much of over here, but you order on the bottom and you eat on the top. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's a, it's, it's kind of cool. It was kind of cool. So that was my, that's, that's my city experience. The single <laughs> only city experience I've had, you know, traveling last year. And this year I won't have anything really. The biggest town I'll be going through is not a city. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably just keep on, on moving like I normally do. Yeah. I mean, how do you, like, it's three weeks is quite a long time to be away and especially with the trip you're describing going on this year where you're going to smaller places um and i would imagine it is more than possible and probably likely that you could will go through a single day or multiple days and actually just not talk to anybody um mm-hmm. How, how how does that feel after i mean d- does it get to you or are you quite happy just living in your own little world i love it i love it so much <laughs> i really do even though I you're really picking the most depressing places to go to i love it i just love it like last last weekend i did a a hike where i was gone for uh, over 24 hours i was away from people civilization or whatever and i saw not another person at all I didn't talk to a single other person and I just loved it. I loved it so much, just the experience of it. I live in a city. I live in a big city. So when I'm not, when I'm traveling, I'd like to not have that experience. I want a completely foreign experience, uh, as foreign as you can get in, in the same country. And, uh, and that means, you know, desolation, complete desolation. And the more desolate it is, the happier I am. And I suppose there were a couple. There would come a point where I'd spend a, a certain amount of time there, and I'd get stir crazy, or you know, just just regular crazy, and I would have to come back. But so far, that hasn't happened, and I'm, I, I quite enjoy myself. <laughs> but, uh, it's in, it that... is interesting because for me, because uh, I'm just trying to equate this to sort of traveling, uh, maybe in uh, closer to to our part of the world in, in Europe. Um, because you couldn't travel that far or, or w- without actually uh, getting to a place where they don't speak the same language as you. Yeah. Have you, have you your, your your method of travel, have you, have you ever done that in a place where actually people don't speak the, the English as their, uh, maybe, maybe at all, or, or only a few people have, uh, you know, have a, a smattering of words or something like that? No, generally you there's you know some Spanish speakers, but generally they speak English, and then there's some some tribes that know their language, but generally English was their first language. So no, I'm pretty much always uh, comforted by the fact that I'll be able to speak to someone if I happen to come upon them. Yeah, because because I find being being a native English speaker, 
um, uh, and not really speaking anything other than, you know, a, a, a small amount of French, which I can sort of get by with a little bit. Um, mm. I do tend to find it psychologically easier to travel in places where people speak English. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, uh, although, you know, um, uh, and <laughs> that doesn't really narrow it down much, though, does it? To be fair, <laughs> I mean, you can go a lot of places <laughs> in the world and they speak better English than I do. But yeah, I just wondered if you, if you had any experience. But uh, but if it, yeah, it's just uh, interesting to try and sort of compare and contrast, if you like. Well, we have such we have like a large variety of of accents and and even dialects in this country. So, and, and it's obviously not a different language. We can understand each other, but we're really speaking past each other in a lot of ways in this kind of, well, the politics shows you in this country, we're speaking past each other a lot. And so hmm. you do have that. Uh, and you, so you, it's, it's not obviously not like going into a different country, but and in some ways it's like going into a, a different space completely. So yeah, there yes. is that. There yes. is that for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good point. Good observation. I totally accept that. <laughs> so I, I, I don't. I don't want to call you a liar, but your own zine is kind of calling you a liar to a certain extent on this. So, oh, that's you, fine. You, so, okay, <laughs> tell us the story of. of let's see, July the twenty third in Watonga, Oklahoma. Um, seeing as you're quite happy on your own, because that seems to be a descent into. Um, uh, existential psychosis almost i mean that's part of that's part of travel um you you do just get lonely sometimes and that's oh hold on (laughs) thank god okay um sorry i don't know if you heard that there but something came on on my computer no, nope. no, we just heard okay. you go, hold on, go good. quiet and then laugh strangely. Okay. No, no. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Because it wasn't that embarrassing, but it was a little embarrassing. Um, uh, uh, where was I? Oh, the the yeah, loneliness is just part of it. And, and you can choose to to wallow in it, which isn't a bad thing. Um, or you can just, you, you can't really ignore it, though. So you kind of just have to accept it. And I, I don't I think it's just part of it. So, yeah, I, I enjoy that too it's like okay this reminds me um on when this when this episode comes out on thursday is the 30th anniversary of the cure's disintegration and that album is just wallowing in sadness so i think sometimes you just need that a little bit and being lonely on the road is kind of like your own personal disintegration (laughs) You really, we're all going on a summer <laughs> holiday. Um, <laughs> uh, so I can get that. There is there's a time, there's a time and a place. Holiday. There's definitely a time and a place for that album. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure it's the holidays, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah. I, I, maybe not. But, you know, that feeling is there. And if, if you're taking, it depends on the trip you want to be taking. But. If you're taking that kind of trip where you are, you're, you're a solitary traveler, you're going to run into that. And it's a, it's an interesting ready. choice of album because that, that, the, it's very, that album itself is very much a soundscape. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's huge, huge walls of sound and, and, you know, uh, and all encompassing, isn't it? You can really lose yourself in that album. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's the best album ever recorded. So yes, you can Ooh, absolutely. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you can absolutely lose yourself in it. Agreed. But it really. I, <laughs> but I think it, I mean, 
I think traveling can be a lot like that where you, you lose yourself in it. And I, I don't know. I think that's just, that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing because you're, your daily life, your normal daily life, you, you got that down. You, you know what you're doing pretty well. And, you know, throwing yourself out there into a, way, a place that you're not really all that secure and all that really, uh, all that, all that um, oh, you know, uh, ready for whatever is coming necessarily. It's, I think it's a good thing. And part of that is dealing with your emotions. And that's, it's just part of life. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. How does so let's. So can we? Like, talk, sorry, go on, Graham. Because you, both you and um, Eric were saying earlier, Aid, about like getting a local's perspective and getting some, getting more information on the places that you're at. How does that work when you're not, you know, especially with these small places? Like how, if you're not the kind of person who is going to go up and just strike up a conversation with somebody you've never met before. How do you get the local information? How do you find the people who are going to let you know more about where you are or point you in the direction of somebody who can tell you more? um, I suppose you you could. I don't. Um, I don't really really do things that way, I guess. Um, If I'm in a place where there is a, a, a guide or something available, yeah, I'll, I'll take advantage of it. But most of the places I go, uh, you, there isn't anything like that. So I try my best to get uh, prepared ahead of time, like knowing, okay, in this area, this is what I want to see. And maybe there's a bit of well, what, like the Nez Pierce thing. Here's the bit of the, I've read several books on it. Here's the history of what I'm going to be seeing. And then when I get back, I like to research the towns that I've been through and kind of see the town's history, see if there's anything odd or interesting about it. Uh, if I take a picture in a cemetery, I'll try to look up the people whose whose who's, uh, gravestones I've taken pictures of and see what, what little history they have. Uh, so you can connect, maybe not necessarily when you're there, but before and and yeah. a little during and, and after, you can also connect. Uh, but not, I, not usually to people who are still there because a lot of times there's not people there to connect with. Okay, so, so I can get that. I think I can. I think I can get that. Can we can we talk about the the happiness of coming home? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, or does it or is that not something you experience? I don't know. I don't, go ahead. Yeah, you, you seem more you seem more uh, uh, knowledgeable on that than I do. Well, you were just sort of uh, start, you you were just sort of not not quite segueing, but you you just referenced it there. You know, some of these things that you know, you. You, you you will be able to look up when you come home or be able to yeah. reflect on more when you come home is that is that is that a period of i mean i'm i always love coming home i like going away but i always love coming home i'm i'm very rooted in at home so and in a happy way right so that that's a great thing yeah. for me um but it it, it sounds perhaps uh, and i may be pushing uh, i may be extrapolating a little too far so tell me if i'm wrong but it sounds to me like you 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 have the opportunity for a period of reflection and uh uh and, and possibly even introspection after you return from your trips as well of course yeah yeah i mean the way i'm the way i share the photos is mostly social media Flickr, and instagram and i'll write up something about them and so that la- that lasts almost a year so the whole time, like like today, I'm posting photos that I took in July, and so that whole time, you're you're always reflecting back, and your opinions of these places, they they change over time, and um, you know sometimes you've you've kind of rung the the 
the well, I'm mixing metaphors, wrung the well dry uh, <laughs> of certain places. So, you know, he's looking at these, I, I don't know what else to say about these places. And so it just, that, that does, it gives you another perspective as well. Um, but the actual, like the actual coming home, it's always a little sad. It's, it's always, I mean, going back to work, it sucks, all that. But it's just, you know, being on the road is, is such a wonderful freedom that we don't, we don't allow ourselves most of the time. So you, when you fall into that rhythm after quite a while on the road, it's really difficult to, to break that rhythm. And it's a little, it's a little sad to break the rhythm. You go into, you know, coming off of a, a longer trip, you, you, you go into a bit of, of, of depression or melancholia or whatever, but you do, you get a little sad and you, you miss that, that freedom. And you know that going into it, you know that coming out of it. So it's... you feel like you definitely have the blues a little bit. Like it's it's that roller coaster of you've been through this amazing experience, good and bad, obviously. And then mm-hmm. it, it's trying to readjust to being back. Um, with yeah. with it being a longer trip, I guess that's more pronounced. Perhaps it is. Yeah, I think the longer you're out, the more pronounced it is. And what do you tend yeah. to do to sort of counteract that? Is it planning for the next trip does that help or does that make it feel worse hmm. that's a good yeah, question I, Rach. I like that question <laughs> it you a lot of times when i'll come back i uh, say i'll come back i do a lot of times i'll do july and well, i'll come back uh, you know early early august mm-hmm. and so you've got from august till the end of the travel season to still do like little trips here and there mm-hmm. and looking back you can always see like how road weary and and unhappy <laughs> you were by by how many you don't do um mm. last year I, I did two and that's not many two out of out of three months it's, it's not many and so yeah obviously uh, coming back was was a hard some some years don't do any mm. and that's that's obviously oh that's a really hard adjustment i'm hoping to uh this year do a lot more than that um, but that said, uh, because I might not, I'm trying to get in as much as I can before, before the big trip, <laughs> just, just in case. <laughs> does, does the prospect like, cause I mean, you said right from the beginning that photography is like the reason for this. That's what's driving it. So yeah. is there not an excitement just inbuilt about coming home and seeing what you've got? The, like the, the cornerstone of a large part of the joy of film photography is the fact that it is all just like that. Okay, uh, we'll be waiting to see what's there. It's I can't the, the phrase has completely escaped my brain now. <laughs> uh, delayed gratification. Okay. Uh, delayed, and like, is there not a part of you that's like, okay, yes, you know, coming to the end of this and and going back to routine and these four walls and being in the city and all oh, this is you know it's not it's not ideal although obviously coming home to see your lovely wife and your lovely cat juniper is obviously a huge uh, plus but also um just the thought of now you get to see the results of all your hard work as well uh, i mean how do you deal with that do you come back and just go okay i'm blitzing through all of this in one go do you do you do you like leave it for a while before you even start touching it or, or do you just kind of it takes me forever. I still have I have one more roll from July to to scan, and it's done. And that's you know that's July. That was that's how long ago it was. I, I developed it maybe a month ago, 
it, it takes me a long ass time to go through everything. A lot of it, it's just, I mean, there's a lot to do in life. You know, you don't always have time to develop a hundred roles. So there's certainly that. Um, but there is that, that, that kind of fear that when you develop something that one, you'll, you'll screw it up because that's easy to do. But even if you don't, you look at the pictures like, Oh, I could have gotten that from a different angle. I could have done that with a different camera. I could have done that in a different way. And you can't go back. You can't like, oh, I'm just going to drive every- another thousand miles just to go retake that. You, you can't. You can't do that. Didn't you say so, you take every camera with you? <laughs> oh, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't always mean to make the good, the best decision. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm often making bad decisions. <laughs> I could take all my cameras, but I'll still make the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. And sure, that's part of it. But it's still a little like, you're like, oh, God, I, I I hate this photo. Or you'll lose an entire roll. I've lost, I think, three, which isn't, which is a good, you know, good percentage. I lost three rolls out of 100 or whatever. And so it's a good percentage. But that's still, that's, you know, I don't know, 80 pictures that I, I don't know what was on it. I don't know what what's there. And so, yeah, it's a little... Like, oh, God, what if, like, what if that was it? Well, it was like, that was, like, my, my masterpiece right there. Those three rolls contained every photo that I'm going to need to take for the rest of my life. <laughs> Do you mean you, you physically lost those rolls? Uh, well, no, I, I just was bad at developing or, or oh, something. Something, something happened. I don't know. <laughs> something happened. But, see, that's, uh, there's a lot, that's a lot to send off to a lab you know uh, to to be able to afford to do that is a whole other investment isn't it um yeah so i i imagine you process your own eric oh yeah yeah because it would be crazy otherwise i guess um yeah yeah what um i mean but there there is i think you know like graham was saying there's got to be that point where you look back at what you've what you've have captured and what you've achieved um through through doing the trip and um i mean that's a big part isn't it of of photography that we use those images that we've captured as a way of revisiting that emotion or that that place without having to physically be there yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I guess I was overselling the, the horribleness of it. But yeah, <laughs> coming home to your wife and your cat. <laughs> oh, boy, I am so making sure Sarah gets to hear this. <laughs> I, it, I, Do you yeah, print I mean, them I, up after? And with the, uh, huh? Do you print them up afterwards as well? Or do you tend to look at them as, as um, digital scans? Um, no, I don't, I don't. I mean, I print some zines and that's it. That's mm-hmm. about yeah. it. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, at this point I'm, I'm trying to, to crank up my, my zine output to mm-hmm. um, like once every other month. So yeah, that's going to be, there's going to be more of that, but um, yeah, I mean with, 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 with photos, you, you can, you, yeah, I should probably focus more on the, on the, uh, on the, on the good. <laughs> like oh these pictures turned out I did nail this oh look at that exposure I did right. okay you know probably yeah. should focus a bit a bit more on that but I mean I'm... it's like you you don't focus on good news you focus on bad news and no, so you it's... don't focus on good news you focus on bad news Eric <laughs> well <laughs> I don't think I'm alone so so I think no, I think I think it's, it says it says a lot that that disintegration is the best album that was ever made so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know you said earlier, Eric, that um, you you don't take any 
stuff to develop with you but um like with some of the newer products that have come out or that are coming out um things like the lab box and stuff like this which might give you the chance whilst you're out there to just kind of double check that everything is working as it should be especially if you've been somewhere like maybe if you spent a day somewhere that's like really special do you think that might be it something you might look to in the future as you're taking fewer cameras um you know obviously if 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 you've only got six cameras and it turns out that one of those just shat the bed early on um and you've been using it for three weeks um is that a possibility you might look into no. I check every camera like before again between rolls. I'll check every camera. I'll I'll uh, hold it up to the to the sky and and run through the the shutter speeds and the apertures and all of that. So I'm I'm constantly checking. I shoot exactos. I have to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. So and I go. You know, I'll I'll I have three working ones now. I had four working ones a month ago. So by the end of the year, I'll, I'll have no more exactos. So I have to keep an eye on these things. So yeah, I'm constantly constantly checking the camera. So I don't know that I need to, because if if the if the shutter opens and closes in the right speed, you got the shot. There's not much else. I mean, it's a pretty simple machine. There's not much yeah. else that it needs to do. So unless the film, like just a lot of film that I'm using is bad, and generally I I I bulk load, so I'm, I know what the film is going to do. So no, I don't think I'll ever. I mean, I'm covered in I'm covered in dirt a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. I'm covered and in you dirt. You go on holiday, and you probably get more covered in dirt. I, I do, I do. You know, and on holiday, especially covered in dirt. I mean, you're showering every three, four days or something. Whether and, you need to you or know, not. <laughs> whether you need to or not, exactly. And you know, you're just not. I'm not in a clean environment or anything re- approaching a clean environment. My car is filthy. Uh, the tent is a, a tent. And it, it just, no, I just don't think it's possible for me to do that. And again, no, I don't have water. As, as if anybody who listened to the, uh, the last entry in the, uh, the travel journal from, from last year knows, I'm bad with water. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I need to conserve that as much as possible. So w- where is it you're going this year? I don't know whether we've already covered this. Where, where is your planned trip taking you this year? Uh, mostly Montana. Uh, and a little bit in the Dakotas, and there's a, a a stretch in Wyoming that I've been meaning to do for a long time. That's very very desolate and uh, and, and and barren. So I'm really excited about that. But it's mostly the, the middle chunks where everything's brown. That's where I'm, where I'm going. <laughs> you, I mean, so referring back to as you said, the last entry in your um, reports last year, and the fact that you're going to somewhere, you know, Dakota and Montana, huge desolate open spaces uh, that you're going to go to on your own. Um, like, what what precautions do you take, and ha- have you learned any lessons? Are you going to do anything different this year? Because you you know, you nearly got yourself into a bit of a pickle last year. Um, and in these places, you're out on your own because you're not talking to anybody. Nobody has a clue where you are. If something bad were to happen, um, your specific location would be up shit Creek, but only you would know that. Um, so are well, you going to do anything different this year? Like last year, I do have a GPS tracker mm-hmm. that people can keep track of me on. Um, yeah. So I do have that. So finding the body won't be that difficult. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's good. That's good news. Um, within thirty feet, you'll be able to figure out where I am. 
Um, Unless the, the coyotes get to you first, yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's always the smell as well, of course. You it's know. true. It's true. It's really a convenient thing to have. <laughs> how, how about the bit before that happens? I oh, think that's what we're aiming for, though, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've, I've realized it's somewhat uh, obvious, but also humbling. Um, last week when I, when I did the hike, I ran out of, of, or clearly came close to running out of water again, but because I was expecting there to be a, a stream there and there wasn't. Um, so I need to be better at the whole water thing. Uh, the problem is water weighs a lot. It's really a heavy mm-hmm. substance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and cameras it's weigh like a wood. lot. It's like, it is a lot like wood. <laughs> <laughs> It's just heavy, <laughs> just like wood. Uh, and cameras are heavy, so you really have to sometimes make the decision, uh, should I take this camera or should I take more water? And I really should start leaning more towards the, the water end. <laughs> <laughs> I should. It's a little lighter. But, so yeah, so what, what you're saying, mm-hmm. I guess, is that, is that uh, ha- having published a zine, which is all about travel and how to do it cheaply, you're, what you're saying is you may not be the best qualified person to publish a thing like that. <laughs> oh, no, I make no no qualms about that. I am not qualified to do what I'm doing. No. <laughs> and yet, here I am. Anyway. And yet, you're still alive. <laughs> it just goes to show, yeah, all of the, yeah, uh, absolutely. The, yes, you, you're, you're a survivor. You must be a survivor. <laughs> I have survived well, so I, far. I'll I, I t- I tell you what, tell you what, let's try, because we probably should be trying to wrap this conversation up, though, but, uh, but no. So, so is, there, is, is there any, like, what, have you got like a top three tips or or anything like that does it doesn't matter what they, they don't have to be survival tips they could be you know creative tips they could be i don't know personal tips they could be health and safety tips whichever you prefer well since we're photographers um when i shoot like uh i don't do this with other formats but when i shoot the large format i spend 10 or 15 minutes walking around the area that i'm going to be shooting to really take it in and because of that i remember Every shot, every four by five shot that I've ever taken, I remember very specific things about that that area and that time and the thoughts that I had, the things that I was listening to, the just the feelings and and stuff about those locations. And even if you don't shoot four by five, you can still do that. So my tip to myself with the other formats and everybody would be to really just if you're if you're somewhere where you have some time, don't just be constantly shooting really spend some time with the subject and get to know the subject and just and and kind of fall in love with each place that you're that you're shooting otherwise why shoot it you know if you're just shooting it to burn film just send film to me and i'll do that for you (laughs) (laughs) but if you really want to if you really want to uh remember where you're shooting uh spend some time with it fall in love with the place uh, there's a, a photographer back in the 1800s. Uh, there was an argument between whether photography was an art or not an art. And his argument was, it is. And his argument was, you need to spend a year in a place before photographing it, which I think is maybe a little extreme. But spend like 10, 15 minutes and really kind of involve yourself in whatever you're, you're shooting, especially if you're out in the uh, in like an open area or a wilderness area. But I guess you could do that in, the, in, a, in, a, in an urban setting as well. Yeah. So yeah, that would be a, a, a definite a definite tip that I need to follow. Um, that sounds good. No, one 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 yeah. killer tip like that is definitely yeah. enough. You know, that's yeah. You know. Yeah, I think 
that just that, that adds everything to your experience, I think. Okay. Well, let's get tips from everyone because everybody's done some traveling. Aid, you do a completely different kind of traveling. So, for taking like, what's your tip for people who want to try and take pictures, but maybe have the strictures on them that you have like you're traveling with family you're, you're going on a different kind of trip what's your tip yes i can only ever afford one one eye to look at the camera and what i'm photographing because the other <laughs> one has to be making sure my kids are not being run over by but uh yeah uh i think i i think there's it's it's a really obvious thing perhaps um, but when you're doing that sort of thing, um, you know, the, the travel I do, make sure you have a camera with you all the time um, because you never know quite what's going to happen because, you know, you could see something really, really super interesting, you know, uh, uh, the, that you just wouldn't wouldn't get otherwise. And and yeah, and know how to use your camera as well. Um, you know, so yeah, you take a camera that that, that you're in tune with. Um, so that you can uh, part, partly that goes to what, what Eric was saying about being in, you know, experiencing the place, because if you're going to look through, if you're going to experience a place just through a lens, you have to be you, 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 the, the camera thing has to be intuitive to capture the thing you're experiencing, not you're using the camera like a telescope and trying to look for interesting stuff through the camera. That, that would be mm-hmm. a sort of yeah. mishmash of thoughts to answer that question from my point of view. What about you, Rach? You got any pro tips? Um, Perhaps just don't forget to enjoy it. Take the lens Mm. off. Don't forget to take the (laughs) lens. Sure. Yeah, that too. But yeah, I think I think sometimes we do all get a little bit too hung up on that. You know, enjoy enjoy it. That's the that's the point of taking a trip, isn't it? You know, if you're not doing it as a um a commercial project it's not for work it's for you for your enjoyment enjoy it you know if you're going to mm-hmm. go somewhere and spend time uh, and money uh, and effort getting there just try not to sweat the small stuff really yeah, and good, good it doesn't really matter yeah yeah good, no, good, I good think stuff. that's all yeah. great what about advice. you you don't get off without having to do this what would you do <laughs> I, I was really hoping that I really... <laughs> nice, nice try yeah yeah uh yeah it's just it's a difficult one but i think um as eric was saying earlier i think um especially if you're sort of traveling any sort of distances if you're not just in one place then find the time to stop as often as possible and just going where your eye takes you is always um always the most fun thing to do i i'm terrible for just going oh i wonder what's up there i'm going to go especially when i'm out for a walk with my boys uh who are quite anxious about the cost concept of getting lost whereas i don't care at all about that concept <laughs> um so there's a bit of a tension going on there um but you know that's I, why I think they that's... always look so miserable in those photos you take of them then, isn't yeah. it <laughs> It sounds really enjoyable. Yeah, that is a large part of it. I I was walking the other day. I was like, just ignore the signs that say don't be here or you might get shot. Um, But yeah, I think that's the the thing for me is just kind of... be ready to be drawn to places and as as eric said you know, don't have a, a rigid plan about what you th- want to do or what you think you will want to do it's just like no be prepared to go and have an adventure whether you're in a, a city or uh, a rural location or wherever it may be just leave your leave yourself open to whatever puts itself in front of you 
I think okay. that's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, Eric, um, yeah, yeah thank you for coming and leading us through a conversation about traveling and photography. Um, it's great to have you back on the show. It's been too long. Yeah, uh, it has been. It has been. Have I'm you glad en- we actually got a chance to talk. Sorry. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> have, yeah. have you enjoyed yourself, Eric? Uh, yeah, I always enjoy oh, talking. Sorry to hear that, Eric. I feel like we've let you down by making you enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I make you more miserable next uh, time. Don't worry, I'm I'm putting this integration on as soon as we're done here. Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Happy after work music. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Okay. Oh dear, oh dear. I yeah, thank you, and um, yeah, good to good to hear your voice once again. Um, we uh, well, we we're coming to the end of the show, I think. Uh, any 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 parish notices? Uh, anybody? Uh, any other business? Oh, well, can I pl- just to oh. say thanks to uh, to you, Eric, for all you do for us as well. Um, oh, at wow. It's awesome. Very bad at that. But On the you. social medias. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I would wish I would be a little better. But thank uh, you. You're fantastic. And oh. I also want to thank you to what's we're thanking you. Thank, thank Matthew as well, because he has got the website all up to date as well. So thank you Yay. very much, Matthew. <laughs> yes absolutely um i i just would like to say uh because i didn't get a chance to say it on the backing paper show um just to remember carl um i didn't get the chance to know carl very well but he was a joy to speak to um and you know it was great to have him on our show and you know my thoughts as as i know rachel you and graham have, have spoken mm-hmm. about you know, yeah my thoughts go out to his family as do everybody's i think um he'll be missed yeah, I've spoken to both Johnny and Simon over the last few days, and um, they're both pretty devastated. It's that thing of they spoke to Carl probably more than they speak to almost all of their family. Um, these relationships you, know, you build up with people, I like you guys. You know, I speak yeah. to you guys or exchange messages with you far more than any of my family. And uh, you know, I think it it is it is like losing a family member for them. So um, yeah, really feel for them all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, um, it's been our honour and a privilege to speak to you all this week. Uh, we're the Sunny Sixteen podcast, uh, and you can get in touch with us on the internet. Um, um, uh, Eric's quite good at managing parts of the internet on our behalf, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and and Graham is good at managing others, and and so is Rach. Um, I'm not very good at managing any of the internet for us, but uh, best place to start uh, to find us is uh, the Sunny Sixteen podcast dot com website uh that is that is where you can get in touch with everything else uh for us uh and we will play you out uh, as we often do um with rachel's band rocker uh whose album promises i should have kept you can find on amazon itunes spotify i think mm-hmm. they're the main ones aren't they rach they sure are yeah, yeah. absolutely cool um, it has yes. Um, so we will be back uh, next week uh, with another fun-packed show. Uh, until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Ah, we forgot to ask Eric where we can find him on the internet. Uh, Eric, quickly before the music runs out, where can we find you on the internet? Yes, I'm on Instagram at uh, Conspiracy of Photographers with dots between the words. And there you'll find a link to the zine where you can buy it on Etsy. Buy it on Etsy. That's a good point. Excellent. Everybody go buy it on Etsy. And uh, yeah, good job we didn't miss the opportunity to ask you to promote that before the show finished. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.